0: Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide, and joining me today is Hunter Cook, a reporter for Dot Esports' investigative unit. Last week, Riot Games gave a ruling regarding Sentinel's Valorant player Jay sinatra One after allegations emerged that he had sexually assaulted his then-girlfriend. Wan has been suspended from competitive Valorant for six months for failing to fully cooperate with the investigation. According to Riot, it was unable to come to a definitive conclusion on the underlying allegations. So, Hunter, thank you for jumping on the show. Hey, great to be here. You know, I'm curious, what has the reaction been from the Valorant scene regarding Sinatra's return?
1: Um, Unfortunately, I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, There are some that see this ruling for what it is, that nothing is confirmed. Um, There is no definitive answer on the term of like, is he guilty or innocent one way or the other. And therefore, like, kind of jumping to one of the other sides, like, just in terms of, like, raw guilty or innocent, there really isn't anything. And there are some people that are, like, still, like, saying, like, hey, like, this really doesn't change my image of him. And there are some celebrating that, like, yeah, he's only getting six months and he'll be back to playing competitive Valorant uh, soon. I mean, his, the stream where he returned to Twitch um, had something like 32,000 uh, people watching it. Which that might be a little bit of like a bump because of like m- maybe a little morbid curiosity in a way, but it still there still is there still seems to be like a dedicated group of people that just kind of want to see him play Valorant again and see this ruling as a oh, well, he's just going to be back now.
0: You know, w- w- one thing that I found interesting about this was that. Whenever these types of allegations do come up against a player, they often suspend their account and kind of go silent for a while. That has not been the case for Sinatra, has it?
1: Not at all. Um, he's obviously made, like, several statements since then. Um, he's appeared on Twitch streams kind of, like, in the background. I do know—I I recall one stream is— girlfriend did where you can like audibly hear him speaking in the background, which seems very strange for a player who reportedly is under like open investigation. Um, making public appearances would probably not be recommended by anyone in a legal profession, in my opinion.
0: And also his, I guess his former girlfriend and his current girlfriend have been kind of exchanging statements on Twitter via twitlongers. Uh, there's, does seem to be kind of a bit of back and forth going on. Do you think that's what's contributing to maybe the warmer reception that Sinatra has had uh, in his return?
1: I think that the kind of public spat between the two definitely contributes to that as it drags the conversation around the very tangible, real things that happened. Um, The things that Cleo Hernandez uh, says J. -J 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 Wan did, as outlined in her original Google Doc into a he said she said kind of uh scenario where it's kind of devolved into a little bit of like mud flinging well this person was mean this person was rude this person was x this person was y which while they very well be those things that doesn't make a tangible difference in a court of law and that does not in any way completely confirm or deny that I mean, sinatra did what cleo says he did I. you can be a rapist and be a nice person you can be a complete and total prick and have never sexually assaulted anyone ever like those two things are not like those are mutually exclusive like it is a very it's a weird avenue i guess for this conversation to go in and i i do think it kind of like muddies the water a little bit for some people but i also think there are um there are some people who are more mature in taking that for what it is, and not letting—they're not letting the tone of this public spat distract from the content of the argument. Which is, I mean, he's still accused. There is reportedly a police investigation open on him, and um, it is definitely a matter that has not been closed by Riot. Like this, the, the statement that they put out—the competitive ruling—is not the end of the story.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, this kind of. Uh maybe mild hand-wringing, but, you know, still allowing him to continue, you know, being an influencer online. That, this is not new in the world of sports, at least. You know, whenever a major scandal does come up with, let's say, a basketball player or a football player, uh, oftentimes, you know, they're given some kind of fine, uh, given some kind of mild suspension, but it seems that, you know, they're... Unless the uh, crime, it, the alleged crime is extremely heinous, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of allowed to kind of, I don't know, squeeze back into... The, the the mainstream with maybe an asterisk next an asterisk next to their record.
1: Definitely. It does seem a little weird that he is back so quickly. And a quick comment on like the ruling itself. I think it's extremely bizarre to publicly state um, in your statement that you have a six-month ruling, but then in the statement you retroactively apply that to when he was suspended by his organization. I think also the streaming thing would, as from a raw pr perspective streaming is an avenue for him to gain money and it's obviously an extremely lucrative um outlet for someone of his stature like i mean the dude's a 2019 overwatch league mvp like one of the best player one of the best north american overwatch players ever arguably the best north american valorant player like in just in terms of like raw capability not in any way a comment on his morals or ethics or neither confirming nor denying whether he did it or not now there's always going to be one, people that want to watch that, and there's always going to people going to be people who will subscribe to that. There's always going and that is why I think it's a little bit it's a little bit different than in traditional sports because like if someone just goes out for a burger, they're going out for a burger. If you're showing up on a Twitch stream as a professional player, the implication is that you're doing it for money, like because mm. it is very literally free money. And in terms of a PR thing, I think that's definitely a bad move.
0: Mm hmm. Well, you know, given this six month suspension and, you know, his prior, I guess, um, suspension while the investigation was going on in the upcoming uh, or in the ongoing Valorant season, I mean, how will this affect Sentinels?
1: Not too much, I would imagine. They've picked up uh, Tyson Tins and Go, who is an absolute mechanical prodigy. I would say mm-hmm. really young guy. Um, they're probably going to do very well at the upcoming uh, Masters 2, a uh, Reykjavik, uh, Iceland thing, which be the first international Valorant LAN. I don't think it puts too much of a spoke in their wheel um, from a from just a pure gameplay perspective. They're probably a little less flexible. Um, the kind of like agent and character pools differ from person to person, but it's definitely not a scenario where they are having to like scrape by with someone else on that team. Like they're perfectly fine without him.
0: Hmm. And I mean, when it comes to Sinatra's value as a player, I mean, you know, assuming that Sentinels wants to keep him him on board, uh, you know, for the duration of his contract, uh, if they do decide to let him go, I mean, do you think he will still become a, he will still be a valuable asset to another team that wants to pick him up? Or is there just too much toxicity given the, the, this recent story?
1: There's there's way too much toxicity. I, I know he announced that like he's ready to make a return to competitive Valorant on his stream. That mm-hmm. is completely and totally dependent on which organization is willing to take the PR hit and frankly i'm a little bit shocked that he's still with sentinels if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense like that that's more of the staggering thing to me that he still technically does like represent that organization i don't think any other organization takes a chance on him no matter how prominent of a player he is it seems like there is a very vocal minority of people that support him probably about like anywhere from eight to fifteen percent of that kind of like a val- competitive Valorant community, but the wider Valorant community still seems to just be completely either completely rejecting it or not talking about it at all. It's an incredibly strange case because on one hand you do have vocal condemnation from colleagues, which in this type of scenario rarely happens, right. very, very rarely. But you also have this kind of like extreme vocal minority which in a case that appears to be, I I, I don't know how much anyone listening or how much you have read, the original Google Doc allegations, they are comprehensive. Mm -hmm. They include dates, they include audio recordings, they include transcripts. It is incredibly hard for anyone to look at that and then look at J-Wan the person, and then view him the same way. Even if he is not holistically guilty of the crimes outlined in it, it is very clear that, like, at p- times, he was a very like emotionally uh, manipulative person, and there are some people who are seem to be willing to ignore that because he's good at clicking on heads in a video game.
0: Right. You know, it it, it it's going to depend very much on you know the jurisdiction that he's in because his ex girlfriend did file a police report, and you know the police will have, you know, their investigation, and when it comes to these types of allegations, even with, you know, pretty strong evidence overall, it can be hard to, you know, maybe pin it on a specific kind of crime uh, for in many instances. So even uh, let's assume that, uh, you know, the police report comes back and says, you know, there's essentially not enough here to charge him with like a very specific crime, you know, under California law. Uh, does that, do you think that kind of expunges his record, uh, so to say, or is this kind of like Will that asterisk always remain for any team in the future?
1: I think with enough time for certain for certain people, um, it might. I mean, th- this is esports. Um, flexible morals in team organizations is kind of like par for the course and wouldn't be um, the craziest thing in the world if it were to happen. But I also think that Sinatra's case is unique. Um, this is a guy who was in the Overwatch League which was, by nearly all accounts, pitched to tons of mainstream sources as mm-hmm. this is going to be sports. Therefore, they're more aware of it than, say, something like Counter-Strike. Like, you take someone off the streets and you say, like, okay, who's the most famous gamer you know? The answer is more than likely Ninja, but mm-hmm. J-Wan is not far down that list. Sure, This is a guy who is extremely public. I mean, the dude was on Jimmy Fallon like that is about as mainstream as you can get Mm
0: -hmm. therefore
1: the public pressure for an organization like that would be something i would i think they would consider i don't exactly know though esports does get a little bit too insular and uh gets a little bit like kind of inside baseball with the way it uh discusses things and the way it like relates to the mainstream audience but this is not just an esports story i mean this is a public figure in every single sense of the word who has i mean allegedly done something incredibly heinous and at the very least is uh shown to be a very like manipulative person mm-hmm. i don't think that's the kind of risk a lot of teams would take but again it kind of comes back to the central core of this is esports and there are places who will harbor uh abusers or alleged abusers i I should say in this case there are people who will harbor um manipulative people there this is a place where it is so uh because it is so small and insular there are lots of people who are unwilling to speak out of this by against things like this by virtue of like i need my well i need my job or i don't want to burn this bridge publicly or this person is friends with this person and man this could be something for me down the line like in a in a community this like still tight knit Mm -hmm. it would be a little bit tacky to kind of like come out with a massive uh, overblown thing of like we are never signing to this person because of these allegations and i i think that's a very strong motivator for some of the for some people in this community to put simply i have no idea um i could see reasons for why teams would and i could see reasons for why teams would not uh, if it was me personally i i wouldn't just based on the fact that i mean this guy is huge outside of like ninja and a couple of like global faces i mean i would say j wants a global face too but he's very high up on the list of people that like people know about
0: and with that hunter thank you so much for coming on the show
1: thank you for having me always a pleasure
0: and that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. Your reviews will help our show grow. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to FTWAhmad.com. To follow Hunter, you can find him on Twitter at DiamondbackGG. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, you can find me at Ahmad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique DeMoor and Jacob Wolf. Executive producers are Kevin Morris and Thomas Tissio. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.